wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. another week and buy here pay here um happy monday um oh it is monday, monday. Yeah. i, I right yeah, uh, it was a working weekend for me and of course michelle worked in the yard um a big part of the weekend i, I worked time. on data i was number crunching like a the, like the nerd that i am uh, well Got jim it. loves he loves spreadsheets and yeah. those of you who uh have an affinity for spreadsheets you guys probably have a lot to talk about <laughs> is that a thing affinity for spreadsheets is that mm, something i think it is it is i mean i you know i i have an affinity for spreadsheets and things that i fully understand uh -huh. or like if i'm trying to to mm. build a project or something mm. like that but um yeah jim really understands the uh the the whole thing yeah, well, certainly there are pieces I'm learning. I mean, gosh, I've been at this 20 plus years, but I, there's stuff I'm still learning, of course, all the time. And yeah. this this has been no exception. The study for getting ready for this event tomorrow, that's a big part of what I was doing this weekend was pulling together, you know, numbers and just mm -hmm. kind of, you know, looking for new indications and trends. So that's what today's conversation is about. We got uh, Jack Carter standing by in the wings. We're going to talk about uh, mm -hmm you know, the charge off analysis that he recently completed and kind of yeah. what he's learning through There's that. There's a lot of, uh, uh, participation in yeah. that, um, in that conversation. And, and I, I really thoroughly enjoyed reading different people's perspectives on that because it sounds like, you know, uh, there's a lot of dealers out there that, um, you know, we, we just, we, we trust our guts Mm -hmm. And, um, and so every once in a while, you know, you'll run some number stuff and, and it just doesn't, it doesn't, uh, frequently, not all the time, but frequently, it doesn't really add up the way yeah, that you think it's going to. So. And so I didn't get yeah. a chance to ask Jack before we jumped on uh, live that, uh, about the movie Moneyball, because I told yeah. you that's something that I think about in this context. I mean, in our industry, for those who saw the movie, we can, we can ask Jack about that, but that movie really was about, you know, here's all the millions of dollars that flow through major league baseball. And when that, when that hit the industry, the statistics in a big mm -hmm. way, it really changed the game. And, and many would say for positive, uh, but it's just, uh, it's part of what, you know, I think the opportunity in our industry is to, to learn from, from the stuff as, as everybody says, you know, the numbers don't lie. The numbers are the numbers. So we yeah. can, and the more, the more you pull together, the better, right? You don't want to make judgments on a small pool. So that's, that's what, why I've been working so hard. We've, you know, we got one pool that's 40. It's a study of about 2000 charge offs, repos and charge offs. So, you know, it's just, it's pretty significant yeah. pile of data to be able to learn something from. So we'll just, we'll pull the numbers together and yeah. let people see them. And then that's part of what we've been doing is just being really transparent about what the numbers mm -hmm. say, and then let people make their own judgment about what that might mean. Should we bring our guest in? Sure. All right. Um, Jack Carter. Hey, good morning. Hey. <laughs> so glad that you could, you could make it. I always enjoy the questions um, you know, uh, the statements, the questions, the, the conversation that you start in social media, cause mm -hmm. it's, you know, you're a pretty seasoned dealer 
and um and also you know leadership and and just you know someone that's out there just leading the charge and doing the stuff white mm -hmm. hat dealer all the stuff um and uh so talk to me a little tell us, tell us a little bit about um what got you to look at the data like you did that started this whole conversation well um good morning thank you for having me um <laughs> What got me started looking at it was, of course, our repos and charge-offs. Um, but what what got me digging is, I had a, um, I had a, I guess, a premature notion, um, a, I predetermined things, and I was pretty sure where my office sits, I can see out into the sales floor. And mm -hmm. whenever I see a young person out there, I would think to myself, "Oh man, you know, he or she's not going to pay me," and um, it was totally unfounded. It was just my own opinion, maybe about people younger than myself um, or maybe about today's kids. I, I don't know why I had that opinion, to be honest. Um, it was just a prejudice. Um, and then um, so I printed off, you know, what, what made me look is that our, our repos have increased. Um, we're repoing more cars than we ever had. We're selling more cars than we ever had, but we're repoing more cars than we ever have. Um, and so I just did a little exercise. I printed all my repos for a month, uh, the accounts and went back in the DMS and was trying to understand why they failed. And then we, I looked at their birthdays um, and I was blown away. Mm. Um, I mean, the ages, you know, I'm thinking, well, I'm going to see a bunch of 20 year olds, a bunch of mid twenties. And, and it was people in their thirties and forties and fifties that were defaulting. And I, mm. and it just, it, you know, it's not even just not even about the car business. It's about what, what are the things that I believe to be true that I'm wrong about? Um, and I and it was just eye opening for me personally because I've been wrong in my personal life about things too. Of course, we all have, and and I'm wrong about things in my business. But I'm I'm here at this business every day. You know, it's like how can you take you know the guy that's that's you know my brother and I are partners, and I don't want to say that it's me alone steering the ship, but for the most part, uh, you know, I'm heavily involved in the decisions here, and and I was just dead wrong, um, and. It's it's it, you know that makes you think. Well, what else are you wrong about? You know. Sure, well, that's a good confession. I think um, I, I alluded <laughs> to the movie um, Moneyball. Are you familiar? Have you seen that movie? You know the one with. It, it's about tracking uh, baseball stats and baseball such. Is that stats, right? Right. Yeah. 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 So I forget. I, I want to say the guy was the general manager with Oakland A's back in the maybe eighties, uh, but. But, you know, if you look at baseball today, I don't know if, you know, any of our listeners are necessarily baseball followers, but as somebody who really started paying attention to baseball, you know, in the middle 80s and kind of tracked it over the years, there was a big shift in the way, and literally, they call it a defensive shift, you know, in baseball. Uh, yes. where they started repositioning defenses because the statistics were coming together and saying, you know what, a right-hander hits to the left side of you know, second base 70% of the time. And so it's, it's these kind of things that I think in our industry, I see that. And that's where the numbers nerd in me comes out where I can just say, you know, we, we have data. I, I, I mean, I'll, I'm not going to get on a soapbox this morning, but I'm hoping going forward that our DMS providers will help us more. Well, uh, I, I, before you leave Moneyball, because yeah. we talked about that this morning is that there was a data nerd looked at the stats, reached out to this team, 
The team manager said, you know what? We're going to follow this. Other teams were like, you're nuts. This is just crazy. It's mm -hmm. not going to pay off. And what happened to that team? They went to the World Series. I'm pretty sure that's the way the story goes. So it's, it's That's where I'm trying to go. I'm trying to go to the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> Over here at this car lot. You know? by here, pay here. <laughs> but, it's, right. but it's like they won. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was a winning strategy to follow the numbers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the stats, it's, it's interesting to me before we go on from yeah, that, if that's okay too, um, you know, the, there's a lot of, uh, science, science is about finding, uh, like proof mm -hmm. uh, and numbers. It's like, when you look at all the big scientists out there, it's like math doesn't lie. It never has. Yeah, math the never lies. And yeah. math is also a universal language that goes beyond barriers. So, see, I mean, it's just math. It does not lie. So, I'm done setting. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. No, I agree with you 100%, Michelle. Yeah. You're exactly right. We, we, and we've got to trust it. Mm -hmm. You know, we've That's got to trust point. it. And we go by, as car dealers, I think we go by our gut, like like I was doing with young people, and we think about uh, you know who's going to pay us, and mm -hmm. and we we see that person in the lobby, and we look at how they're dressed, and we look at what they're driving, and we do all those things, and I don't think it amounts to a hill of beans. Yeah, yeah. well, and you said it's true, Jack. Like you said, you got to be able to trust it, which is one of the things that I'm especially trying to make a push on and i welcome your support and anybody else that can help uh, make this happen we're just trying to get more transparent about the data that we're all working with and you know this event that we've had on the calendar for some time i've been reaching out to people about collecting data to be able to bring to the you know to the industry to dealers and and one of the things i'm going to do tomorrow with whatever data pools are ready by the time we go live tomorrow morning you're going to see us share that in a super transparent way like i'm going to be saying this entire data pool was 4,397 contracts from this date range. Mm -hmm. And we filtered out X and we filtered out Y and the results. He's really been nerding this. out and it's been wonderful. It's He's just like, but then <laughs> people can see the raw spreadsheet. It's yeah. like, I'm trying to get super transparent so dealers can make their own judgment. Here's the numbers and here's how, here's how we arrived at these numbers. And here's the source. You know, we're not going to say who the dealer is or, you know, mm -hmm. if it's an actual dealer pool, but, but the idea is to be able to say, help help people feel confidence it's you know mm -hmm. if you're working with a spreadsheet and you discover there's a mistake in the formula it causes you to lose confidence in the whole spreadsheet right so it's like we're trying to help people see it in the most transparent way so that they can gain confidence in what they're looking at have trust in the data that's there mm -hmm. and this is kind of my thing is like we just we got to get more transparent about whatever the data is that we're working from you know and so right. there, there are people out there working to try to do some of that but i just you know i've been at these conferences for years and you just have people stand up and say these are the these are the five best dealers or these are this is where your average is going to be i'm like can you can you show me the source information like maybe that's not the business model i'm going yeah. for you know what i mean yeah um back to the you know your charge-offs and um i'm like i'm really excited about and jim's got some some uh um scatter sheets that mm -hmm. it's just kind of been looking at too um and one question i have to you is did you share this with your team and were they surprised as well? Uh, guys, I'm sharing everything with my team at this point. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there was a time in my business when when I was a little close to the best with information, and I'm not that way anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not even that way with the nation. I don't think. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't view anybody as my competitor. 
Um, there's nobody that's going to take my information and open up shop next to me and put me out of business. That, that is a, that's a farce. It's not ever going to happen. Amen. Um, and so I, I don't think there's anything I could share that would damage me. It would only help me because I feel like when I share something, then I get shared information in return. Amen. Um, and so, gosh, I mean, the goofy stuff I say on Facebook and what I will, <laughs> will share with the community is just, I, and I get so much back from it, I think, because I do that. So I do share information with my team. We talk about it all the time. Um, we copied a dealer the other day of, uh, my brother and I visited a dealer who's extremely smart in Gainesville, Georgia, Rondus Cavender. If you guys have, yeah. try to get that, try to get that guy. He's an introvert, but he's a, he's a brilliant man. Um, but we've been sharing all the data. I mean, we've got a little hallway in our office that leads down to, um, you know, the collector's office and the controller's office. And, and I'm putting I'm printing spreadsheets and putting, putting reports on the wall. I mean, I want, I want my porter, to understand what's happening here, um, you know, because they're going to they might maybe they'll be the office manager in four or five years. Yeah. So um, we're trying to share every bit of information we can um, just just to try to get better. You know, One of the reasons sure. why I ask is, you know, typically in any kind of business structure that that. Um, biases as well. Uh, I mean, uh, like the ideology, the energy, the whatever comes from the top down. And so I just was wondering if, you know, if had, had that been communicated with your team um, prior to you doing this research, it's like uh, not my favorite when they're younger, they d default normally. So I want a little extra something or I want a little whatever. I mean, is that, is, is that something that had that so your team was like whoa didn't expect that as well as you because there was already I mean I'm just wondering how much um, how much dealers I just want dealers to understand um, and and maybe get some insight from you about how their biases translate into their employees biases. Man, I'm sure we and we've had uh, we have a lot of them. I think we're all we all have a lot mm -hmm. of biases to overcome. Uh, an example of a bias that was here that that wasn't my bias but my sales team. Um, had a bias and was convinced that we that if we uh, required auto pay, um, that we'd get a lot of pushback and we'd sell less cars, right? And mm -hmm. so we were listening to our sales team for mm -hmm. a year about the pushback, the pushback, the pushback. And then finally, Ben and I said, listen, if you want to buy a car from Turn and Burn, you're going to sign this document that says you're going to be on auto pay. And of course, we wouldn't enforce that to the yeah. The end of the, the deal, right? I mean, if, if we did get the pushback, um, we would rethink the what we were doing, but um, it's, uh, it worked, right? We just implemented that as a listen, we're going to auto draft everybody, everybody that we possibly can. And, and their bias was shown to just be wrong. We haven't had any pushback from the customers and it just works beautifully. And, and it's just, it, it's the same as me predetermining about young people. Um, mm -hmm. I think we just have to fight that all the time. We have to fight our own prejudices, prejudices and make the correction, you know. Um, but it, it's just prompted me to look at everything. I mean, it's it's made me realize, well, damn, I was wrong about that. What else am I wrong about, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, ran another report on um, on collection, uh, charge-off, excuse me. And I've got, you know, three pages, Excel spreadsheets. And we went, <laughs> we went back and we're like, you know, so if it's not the age, what is it? Is it is it the PTI, right? That makes sense. It's got to be the payment to income. Let's see what that is. Man, it's all over the place too. Huh. 
Um, yeah. I mean, all over the place. And so, um, you know, and I don't know how we look at uh, economic, um, you know, just the state of the nation or the state of our surrounding area, the current economics of our region. How do we figure that in? Um, I, I don't, you know, and uh, you guys know Brett Buick real well. Um, I love Brett and he's a, I feel like he's a personal friend of mine at this point. Um, you know, he made a comment on that post about paralysis from analysis or some, yeah. something to that effect, you know, mm -hmm. but so I'm trying to navigate somewhere in between, you know, paying attention, looking for trends, trying to understand who fails and why, um, and not hindering myself from doing business. You know? yeah, so I, yeah. I, there's something in between, you know, yeah. that's what we're trying to hit. And I think for me, Jack, like as a former dealer myself, I, I look at this a little bit through a lens and I know we got our friend Tyler Simmons out in West Texas listening this morning. Like he's a, he's a specialist with uh, compliance. And so I hear these things and I think, you know, we're as buy here, payer dealers, we're sitting over here trying to provide an unconventional solution for folks in a, in a tough credit spot. And, and we got compliance folks watching our underwriting practices and looking for any sign of, of discrimination. You use the word prejudice and like, we, we don't want to do that. We, we have a business to run. We need to make good mathematical decisions, right. For the sake of success. Of our business. So it's a, it's a fascinating conversation for me around, you know, what does the data tell us? And we know there's certain things that we, we, you know, can't make judgments around, but, but it, I think it's fascinating. Like, I just think this idea that we're going to have better information to know, but as a buy here, payer dealer, like I can just ask you if I could show you that, you know what, when you get this much down payment versus this much down payment, your success rate is 12.7% higher. You'd probably still do business in both buckets, right? Absolutely. <laughs> right. Know, I mean, we're, like, you know, absolutely. you know, this got a little higher success rate, but like, okay, but I'm still, I'm still in the risk business. I'm still going to probably take this customer's deal, you know, cause there's just a lot of factors. How could we ever know? I jokingly told uh, uh, somebody in our industry one day, you know, one day we'll be able to know, don't ever finance a customer named Mary after two o'clock on the Tuesday, you know, that kind of, <laughs> you know, it's like, man, my daddy used to tell me growing up, you know, it was the three P's, right? It was yeah. a preacher, police officer, postman, or something, you know, <laughs> something, something <laughs> like that. Avoid those guys like the plague. Yeah, so I think that, I think that type of mindset's just been around forever and it's human nature and we're dealing with human beings and, sure. you know, we, we get lost in that stuff. I really want to look at next. I want to look at, um, zip code analysis. I mean, right. um, why am, why am I not looking at that? You know yeah. I mean? Insurance companies change your rate drastically from one zip code to the next zip code. Good point. And, and they've been looking at data for since data was around. So um, just, yeah. I, I'm just going to leap. I'm just going to keep leaping around until until we we get, we just have a better idea. Um, you know, to, to your point about the down payments, you know, there's a lot of dealers out there that say down payment doesn't have anything to do with uh, whether the customer's going to pay for the car. Mm -hmm. I I believe that when a when a human being has skin in the game, when they've got something to lose, they care more about it. Sure. Um, so maybe that's another prejudice of mine that I'm wrong about, about sure. down payment analysis. And I, it's I, also but I about, to my core, uh -huh. you know, you put mm -hmm. more down, you, you, you're more likely to pay for it, but where'd the down payment come from? Was it well, a gift? And, was it a tax return? Was it? Yeah. But the, the skin in the game might be, I've been, I, you know, I know I can afford a $500 a month payment, but it's taken me four months to raise $500 extra. 
And so my down payment is $500 and I was committed for, you know, you, you don't usually know the backstory, but when you talk about amounts of down payment, that someone who has a small down payment because they have been, they've been saving or whatever to be able to get the down payment is going to be, you know, just as probably, I, who knows? Is that true? Is that, I, I don't know. I, I well, <laughs> that, and they get there's this. a ton of dealers that say, that, that say it's not. And, and yeah. I think they're smart, they're smart men and women, they're smart operators. And yep. I yeah. think I'm probably also wrong about that. And, but I want to see that I'm wrong, you know? Um, well, but how they obtained it, Michelle, is a great point, right? If it mm -hmm. was, if the down payment was a gift versus it, did they, you know, they saved four months for that probably is a huge factor. Or they sold something else at home. So they would have a down payment right. or whatever. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's hard to know. I, you know, we know that if you apply for a mortgage, they're going to want to know the source of your down payment. You know, mm -hmm. it's like the, the, the actual source, but I'm saying you're, you're getting into some stuff that's going to be a little harder to, to measure. At the end of the day, you're right. still trusting the customer's answer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like you're going to go, you know, verify that they sold some, you know, it's what I mean. It's like, you're still trusting the customer's information. So at the end of the day, we're measuring behaviors. You know, we're, 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 we're trying to help folks and we're trying to be flexible and create solutions for folks. And so, you know, we're, but we have to do that within the reasonable confines of a successful business structure, you know? So it's like, that's an, just part of the thing for me. And, and as we kind of studied data, Jack, I think there's a couple of things I, I want to get back to in terms of the way you share, but as far as if you want to share this graph quickly, we, we just talked oh, yeah. about it while I've got it teed up. Mm -hmm. So this is something I actually just pulled together this morning from a study that we had done before as a way to, some people tell me that, um, charge-offs <laughs> happen at a certain stage. That's another thing I would recommend that you look at is go look at the oh, periods and might divide it up like by what we're going to do is look at it in like three month quarters. Like how many charge-offs happen in the three months? That should be almost none. How many, you know, three to six, six to nine. And, and people had told me that most the mm -hmm. spike for charge-offs across large pools is typically nine to 12, I'm, 13 I'm going to try to bring that up again because it did not. Okay. Nine to 13, you said? Yeah. Yeah. They typically is kind of where the charge offs happen. Of course, you as a dealer, you're probably in pretty good shape by then. Um, it's not, not it's showing. It's not showing. For whatever reason, so. it's not going to show. We have a bit of a weak internet connection this morning, might be a factor. Mm -hmm. But, but bottom line is, you know, what we're trying to study is, you know, at what point in the charge off does that happen? Because if you look at the math and that did come in at about 12 months for you, you know, where does that, where does that leave you in terms of your, your actual exposure in the contract? And so it's something else to examine. And obviously you'd want to super examine those deals that where the charge off happens early. You'd want to look very closely at those, but if a, if a customer makes it to 12 months and beyond, and I'll tell you, one of the reasons I'm looking at this, one of the things I put together is this ability to look at your collateral, the car, you know, as a, and tracking the value of that across 24 months, and then look at the value of your contract or contracts as a pool across 24 months, because this is one of the things that I find I've been saying to people for years, like working with lenders on behalf of new dealers or whatever I'll say, you know, I view a lot of people in the automotive lending space would look at the actual car miles on the car, right? They want to know the book value, LTV, whatever the, the actual book value, but I'm looking at, okay, what is the, what is the value of the contract itself? And I think of the contract as the primary collateral and the car as the secondary collateral. And so what I'm doing is I'm studying those things across 24 months and saying, what do those look like? You know, in terms of what's the real value, even though you're a guy who's probably not going to ever sell paper, you know, for, for, for po folks out there, just look at what is the value of that asset relative to the car. And, and I'm just really, it came about for me, Jack, in the context of a study that I started a while back about, 
what does it look like mathematically for a dealer to trade a customer out of their car at 24 or 30 months? You know, just running through that math. What does that look I'd like? Love to, I'd love to know the answer to some of that. I've never thought about the value of the contract versus the value of the car. And um, I think you're right. I'd, I'd like to know that too. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to know that too. Yeah, we're working through that. And some of that is we're going to bring some of the bulk buyers to the table and say, you know, what is it that, you know, and some of the stuff we put together so far is pretty telling as to why the bulk buyers want to buy it at three months of seasoning. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you look at that math and you say, okay, I see why they would want to step in. But you also, you know, unfortunately, we can't see the scatter graph here. But like the when you look at this is a study of 560 charge offs from 2017, 2018. And so it's but what it's showing is most charge offs happen inside of 15 months. Once you get past 15 months, you you know, they still happen. But you can see that the frequency drops off. And so it's like you can see why once you get to there as a dealer, you could still sell that paper. But wow, you're 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 you've gotten through the risky part. You know what I mean? So yeah, for sure. So it's like we, uh, there was a gentleman and we just went through a, um, an audit, um, a financial audit. And um, there's a gentleman in my office that did that perform the audit saying that, you know, once you make it to the 18th month, you're yeah. you're good. You've made yeah. it, you know, your contract has survived. And no matter what happens after that point, you're, you're in a good spot. So yeah. And the math, yeah, I think is, you're right about that. Math has changed in terms of that months to break out. You know, if you just took your cost to car and you took your customer's payment, how many months does it take you to break out of that contract? But I would say that, you know, even if you don't make it to there, your car comes back with some, some value. And so the actual cost, the actual direct cash impact to you from a customer that charges off at nine to 12 months is a lot different than one that charges off at four or five months, you know? And so that's what we kind of got to measure those things and understand. And then, you know, whatever you can find that's predictive in that. And, and it's interesting. I've talked to a lot of people with a lot of experience in this industry and, and the, they run the gamut in terms of their view about this. Some, some say it won't matter. You can get super sophisticated um, software and you won't find anything that's predictive. You just, we're still just rolling the dice, you know, sort of thing. And, uh, and then others who are, who are studying that and, and trying to make those judgments, but that's why the money movie ball or money, money ball. ball. Yeah. <laughs> that's why money ball came to mind for me. I just remember that that was part of the lesson of that is that they, somebody said, you know what, I'm going to try it. I'm going to test the data and, and, it, and it took them to the world series. So it's like just an example of where we think there's opportunity in our industry and it's tough. It's it's harder now than it was three years for, three years ago for you, right? Your risk per contract is much higher. You're, you're yeah, it's tough. Business. It's tough right now. I mean, I think the business is good. I think the business is strong. I think we're we're in that. Um, I think we're in that dip where we're we're going to see a lot of defaults. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But as soon as we get as soon as that dip gets where it's going to be, I think we're going to start seeing a lot better customers enter into our pool, right. and we're going to be able to. Um, sell cars to good people. So, you know, I think it's good. I think overall the business is, is, is in good shape. I'm sure you're right. But then the question goes back to what is the definition of a better customer? So, and, (laughs) and, you know, I was, I was like, okay, so when, when you said that, I was like, are they, are they not good customers or did they just get hit hard by an economy that when it starts up, they're going to be just, I think they got hit hard by an economy. I mean, um, you guys remember, something that sticks out in my mind about the economy is I remember two years ago and there were people on social media saying, you know, you know, there were people complaining about gas prices and there was a large group of people that were not, that were defending the gas price. You know, they were saying, well, I can't do anything about it. Right. You know, it is what it is. We've got to put gas in our car. Just stop complaining, put the gas in your car. It is what it is. 
And I, and it shocked me at the time. But looking back, it's probably those people today that have maxed out credit cards and are are at the they're done. They, you know, finally the gas prices, the food prices, the cost of living has finally maxed them out. Right. Yeah. You know, that's something that doesn't happen in a month or two. That takes a year and a half. Yeah. Well, know? And, and, and people don't recognize it when, when it's, when it's happening, they don't recognize it. They recognize it when that past due bill is in the mail and the sort of, and the calls are coming and they can't charge the groceries this week. Yeah. So, you know, I don't well, know, guys. I, I don't yeah. know. Michelle and I are over here putting our groceries on layaway. That's what we do. We just, <laughs> yeah. I've been talking to my neighbor and she's like, I came home and I opened up the back of the, the, uh, the SUV and brought my husband out to see this was $275 worth of groceries. Mm -hmm. And she's like a year ago, two years ago, it would be double that the the groceries yeah. you would have I think it's, it's really impacted our customers the most um we're working on ways that we can reduce reduce cost right now reduce payment amount reduce you know what can we do to alleviate some of this cash crunch for our customers and we're thinking that's going to play into charge offs i mean we would love to hear about what what you guys are coming up with to be able to help with that. i think that's something um that well we've had a um we've had a service contract for quite some time that we you know if the customer chooses the service contract we line item that into the into the contract into the payment right that that dollar amounts broke up into the payments yeah. um and sometimes that's the difference in um 50 60 bucks within their payment mm -hmm. and so we're doing away with it we're just gonna we're gonna eliminate our service contract and make our warranty that same mm -hmm. amount of time um so that's one of the things we're doing actively right now on the first which i guess okay. is tomorrow uh -huh. we're going to eliminate our service contract and make our warranty larger that and the warranty is just free part of the so that's going to reduce the payment amount um by 50 60 bucks for most people and i how I how many I, I i love what you're doing there jack i just it just makes my makes my heart sing how many businesses out there are trying to lower their payments of their customers our, I, our, I think we need to, and and mm -hmm. and not just lowering it like it will extend the term or whatever, but finding ways that they can. It's like you know what we won't be making as much money on a service contract. Mm -hmm. um, we'll be making as much money on paper. Yeah, um, but, th so there's what? a there's a you know this is not me. This is me. Um, it's like I'm giving to the customer in one hand, but also expect to receive back more in the other yeah. hand. Yeah. Um, so while it is from the heart and we do want them to be successful from a business standpoint, I think mm -hmm. the money's going to be neutral. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if it's just pie in the sky money anyway, if we don't collect it. And so um, really hoping that this makes everything easier, makes the payment easier on the customer, makes collections easier for my team, makes charge offs less, you know, but we feel like we have to be dynamic and we have to be willing to, to change as our surroundings are changing. Um, and paying attention to what's happening in real time and try to be ahead of it. So love it. That's, that's just one thing that we're doing right now on the, you know, that's not the data side. That's just, mm -hmm. that's, that's a, what side that's the, on the front end, you know, that's, that's, mm -hmm. that's changing. No, it's, an operational decision. it's an operational decision to, you're going to guard against, you're going to make that investment to guard against future losses. And so, yeah, yes. you're payments in the meantime. So it's all part of a, you know, operational decision, which I think is fantastic. But I think, you know, as we kind of 
contemplate this, I would just share with you, I know you got policy conference coming up. And as I hear this conversation, I'm thinking about the, all the compliance implications of things we're talking about, which by the way, on the buy here, pay your morning show, we're not attorneys. We do not <laughs> offer legal advice. So you gotta get that in there. So, you know, I just got to make sure that people know, you know, there's stuff to think about here from a compliance standpoint. Of course we want to be compliant, but I would just share with you anytime I can join you in a conversation with the, the policymakers, just know that I'm there. Like I just, I want to okay. be on behalf of buy here, pay your dealers and say, look, these folks are fighting a fight out here. You know, are you, are you guys going to Washington DC coming up? Um, no. We actually have an, our own event happening at the same time in, uh, okay. in Bridge, right. Colorado. Yeah. yeah. So we won't be there, but, but just um, know that I'm, I'm happy yeah. to join those conversations and, and be a part of that. I've, you know, tried to write articles on the thing and we're going to continue to do but that. Next I, year. Just, I just think what the is, data yeah. is a, a good place to start. Like, let's don't be guessing. Let's don't sit in the conversation. Let's don't be guessing. I you think know, that's an old school way of doing it. And it's yeah. just not wise. I mean, it's just like this is, you know, the data is not going to run the business. It's just a tool. It's that's just right. something to, it's a, just a, something that needs to be considered and yeah. to ignore it is just, it's foolish. Well, yeah. and like you said is, uh, um, you're, you're looking at PTI now and you're not finding that there's any correlation to much of anything. You blew my mind, Michelle. And, and just, you're everything, at, everything I look at, I'm thinking, okay, this will be it. No, wrong yeah, so, so what that, yeah, what that tells you is like, okay, it doesn't matter what the PTI is. It doesn't matter what the, what the, within bounds. I mean, obviously you don't want to take 40% of someone's for a car payment, but sure. you know what I mean? Um, well, and it just, and, and I got. Yeah, I didn't realize you were such a data nerd, Jim. I'd, I'd be, I'd love to share our charge off information with you and just see if you see oh, anything. Um, I'd love to. Yeah. Happy to do that. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, s send it at your convenience and I'm happy to turn around and show it to you. But I, uh, yeah, we're starting to kind of yeah. collect more of that. We've got people sharing some data with us is allowing us to go forward and, and, uh, you know, kind of have these conversations in, in a bigger mm -hmm. way. And I got to put a quick mention in for our, our buddy, Tommy Brandis, you know, Tommy, right, Jack? Yeah, I do. Tommy's so, a smart man. So yeah. Tommy is a guy who would tell us, look, you can, you can underwrite, you can study all the numbers and do good underwriting, but if you don't have good backend collections, that's going to affect these numbers more than anything you're doing at the time of underwriting. And I, I tend to agree, like our business is, and I got to also say for you, all the things I heard you describe is, you know, you're obviously at a healthy place in your business. You're in a position to make good long-term decisions. Mm -hmm. You're playing a long game in your business, which I think is important for people to hear and think about, you know, and that we kind of, we get on that hamster wheel and we think about today and how to buy a car better today and a lot of those things and i hear you being able to think longer term and that's that's important i think that's a good mm -hmm. position for a dealer to be in and so I, i'm glad to see that you're able to do that i think it, it just and you're showing up here just as a way Thank to you. help other dealers kind of figure out the same stuff so that's part of what we're about over here trying to get the word to more folks and and help folks be successful right so yeah yeah you guys you guys are doing a great job at that y'all i think you guys are um, an asset to the industry and and uh, just these these conversations, somebody's going to hear it. You know, fifty people might not do anything about it, but somebody out there is going to, you know, you this think. is going to, yeah, yeah, there's going to be a little light bulb or an aha moment for somebody. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, and just so um, a shameless plug, we have that event tomorrow, which we're going to be, it's called, it's deal structure, the event, the truth about what works. And um, it's it, there. If, if you take the survey, um, which is in success in the boardroom or reach out to us. We can get you a ticket. Um, we just ask for the survey as you do this and we'll give you a ticket. Okay. Um, Absolutely. That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. And then okay. if, if you have a ticket to this, it also act, it, you have the um, access to the rerun 
to the recordings. So if you can't watch the entire thing, you can watch part of it at your own time, your own pace. You know, when you're sitting, um, uh, waiting for uh, the next car to come down the aisle and you got a little bit of a break or whatever, you know, turn it on, watch it. It's, um, yeah. And I would, I can just tell you quickly, Jack, we got, we got basically four things we're studying and I, you know, I feel like I have enough experience with the numbers to know what is appropriate to study or what can, you know, make sense and what doesn't, but we're looking at down payment, but we're choosing to look at as down payment as a percentage of the selling price. Cause obviously down payments can be all over the place in the industry. So I'm right. looking at it as a percentage of the selling price. We're looking at cost of car, just cost of car. And I'm typically, I'm typically going at these things like based on an average. If you take a dealer's average ACV and then you measure above and below that, kind of we're trying to look and see, you know, how's the performance, you know, in those different buckets and uh, and kind of some different ways to categorize that. But then we're also looking at term of loan and then APR are the four topics. So we're taking on one each hour tomorrow. And so that's that's a part of where we're just trying to dig in and again, be super transparent about what we're sharing and let dealers make their own judgment. And here's the mm -hmm. numbers, here are the graphs and you guys decide if it means anything. Uh, so we're just trying to mm -hmm. be, you know, trying to share information that way. So yeah, we're excited to get that information and Brent yeah. Carmichael with NCM will be our co-host and, yeah. and bring in numbers from the NCM side as well. Um, so Jack, we'll go ahead and, and I will get you a ticket. I still would like you to do the survey. If you I will. Want. I'd love to. to as well. And I'll find it on the boardroom page. Um, it'll be on the boardroom and also on success. And the survey is about why you think people um, repo. And um, it's leading to us doing um, customer surveys uh, of customer your customer base about the experience of the buying and the servicing of your loans. Yeah. So we'll, and that we're going to be pulling this together, all that information together on a national stage or a national way. You'll get your your data for your dealership, but that we'll be able to talk about it in in more um, aggregate. Yeah. Form. It's kind of the idea about let's maybe stop guessing. Let's go ask the customers. You know what their mm -hmm. what their experience was or why they failed or whatever the case may be. So we're going to try mm -hmm. to just go actually survey consumers. Uh, through dealers, you know, mm -hmm. with permission. And so this is part of where we're just going to, let's, we don't have so. to guess, let's go ask them. And, get the and you can, in. you can participate in that or you can not, but right. we just are, we're kind of getting in a feel for why dealers think mm -hmm. that, um, customers repo. Yeah. So, so let's get a ticket for Ben All and right. whoever else you need one for your team. And <laughs> yeah. then, uh, and okay. then, so Rhonda's Cavender, be looking for a text message from me. We'll be <laughs> inviting Rhonda. So that guy's, that guy's worth talking to. Yeah, Jack, he, he, his operation blew my mind. Yeah, nice. Good, nice. Um, the next time you've got something big and you know want to throw it out there on face, don't be surprised if you're going to get a quick call or mm -hmm. if you just want to be able to, to. If you got something that's like, hey, I think we should share this. Right. Let us know. We love having you on the show. You're just such yeah. a pleasure and a good conversation. Let me, Jim. Let me ask you guys uh, one more thing that we didn't talk about today about um, underwriting and um, and a factor that I think is a real factor, but I don't hear it many times. I'll, I've said it on Facebook a few times and there'll be a bunch of dealers chime in, but what is, um, how does pride of ownership come into play? Um, you know, if you sell somebody, you know, if you sell somebody a car that runs really good, but maybe it's an old Buick, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? That yep. is not cute at the stoplight. It ain't, it's not fun to get out of it at your friend's house. You don't, you know, when you park it and hit the lock button and it beeps, you never look back at your car. Mm -hmm. Where's that? <laughs> right. But no, seriously, you know, no. if you're proud of your car, I, 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 like if you, if you I love your car, if you're like, you look back and you're like man, yeah. yeah, that's mine. Right. Yeah. If, you know, like we have success with Mercedes Benz. 
Um, we said, I don't, and I know there's a lot of dealers that think Mercedes are just the devil and, uh, you can't deal with them. You know, there's good models and there's bad models. There's Mercedes to avoid and same as a Ford. Hmm. Um, but I, I've got it in my gut that somebody that buys a Mercedes is really proud of that Mercedes. They're proud of it. You know, they want their friend to see it. They purposely set that key fob up on the bar. You know, it's got the little Mercedes emblem so people can see it. And I wonder where that plays into underwriting. So I want to. I don't think that's an answer for you because yeah. I think you're going to have to get that answer from the consumer, which is kind of part of why we're moving in that direction. Let's just go ask them. You know, let's go right. ask. Them. But we could find that in our chart. I mean, we could look for those those yeah. type of cars. Do they yeah. charge off? You know, the 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 higher end vehicles. What are yeah. the charge off rates? But I've there? heard I've yeah. heard the same right. thing. But it's just anecdotal. People say, you know, they think if they have pride of ownership in the car, they'll make that payment. We we think that's true, but do we really it's know? True. Yeah, we think it's probably true, but you know, it's like, I think, uh, uh, it's something that we want to just examine and let's, it's part of marketing for us is kind of that analysis. Let's go out and let's don't assume things in terms of what the customer is looking to buy. And then this case could be on the back end of the, you know, the collection side of the relationship as well, but let's just go survey the folks and ask them mm -hmm. kind of what the I love know, it. experience yeah. is. So, so yeah, we're, we're, right. we're moving in that direction. So we're going to, wanna, to uh, we're going to wrap up and just have you hold off, uh, from logging off on back backstage. So we'll when just, we're done that we can just chat with you real quick and give you a proper thank you for joining okay, us. Okay, great. I'll awesome. see you guys in a minute. Thank you. All, All right. right. Thank you so much again, Jack. We really appreciate right. you joining yes, us today. Appreciate it. All right. Well, great episode. Um, yeah, we had a we had a really great conversation. I'm looking forward to kind of diving more into this data stuff tomorrow. Again, if you haven't got a ticket, look through Success or Boardroom Send or just reach out to us and, and we can make sure that you get one. And we just want you to take the survey, yeah. if you would. So, all right, everybody, have a great Monday, um, beginning of the week, and we will see you tomorrow and the morning show on Wednesday, where it will be White Hat Wednesday. We kick off at 10 Eastern. All right, have a great day, everybody. Thanks again for so much for joining.